재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 You're listening to Koreascape on TBS eFM 101.3 MHz in Seoul and its surrounding areas. We here on Koreascape want to know what's on the minds of people living in Korea today, from native Koreans to expats. And our guests, Joanne Jung and Jim Bully, bring us the hottest issues for Dive in Korea every Friday, where we can delve into the real opinions on social issues that affect us all. Welcome, guys. Good to see you again. Good morning. Good morning. Great to see you. All right. So before we go into our first issue, though, let's tackle the question of the week. How are you going to enjoy the Pyeongchang Winter Games? In the comfort of my own home, in front of my big TV screen. (laughs) That seems to be the most popular answer. Okay, Largely in the comfort of my office, I imagine, because covering the Olympics is going to be pretty intensive work. Uh Um, But I am going to some events as well. Yes. Which events? I am going, I'm like a kind of a smorgasbord of Olympic. I'm going to some snowboarding, some ice hockey, some luge, mm-hmm. some skeleton, skeleton, I think. Skeleton, the gold medal prospect there as well. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm hoping to, I haven't bought any tickets for the Paralympics, but I would like to. Yes, I think the Paralympics will be really good as well, yeah. especially for the events that you missed for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. If you go check out the Paralympics, that beach should be good as well. Yeah, I want to see the wheelchair curling. Yeah, There's so much going on in that sport. And the ice hockey, the wheelchair yeah. Um, yeah, sled ice hockey. Wheelchair really curling. Yeah. Okay, that's the first I've heard of that. You should check it out. Do they have like special like non-skid things on, on the wheels or something? I like think how? so. They are, on, it is, they, are on, they are wheeled chairs. Oh, okay. So I guess they just have really good grip. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned hockey. Would that be the women's ice hockey or the men's ice hockey? It is women's ice hockey, but it is not a game in which Korea are playing. Oh, unfortunately. (laughs) But we are talking about the women's ice hockey team for our first topic today. And I mean, it's been all over the news this whole week. Yeah, so on Wednesday, Mm -hmm. North and South Korea agreed to form a joint women's ice hockey team, a unified team for the Olympics. There's been talk about a unified team way back six months ago. It looked like it was going to be the ice hockey team, and then it veered towards figure skating. As we talked maybe two weeks ago on the show, it was likely there was going to be a unified figure skating team, and then it suddenly switched back to ice hockey again. Mm -hmm. And the two countries agreed on Wednesday pending a conversation with the IOC tomorrow that um, they would create a unified team of the the backbone of the South Korean team with some North Korean players added to it. Do you know why it veered to ice hockey all of a sudden? I mean, you did mention figure skating. Then why suddenly ice hockey? Well, there's not... We don't know exactly why they went... I mean, ice hockey obviously allows more North Koreans to play. Um, That may have been a part of it. Mm -hmm. I have seen... I'm sorry. I have seen reports that say that they needed more financial assistance in the future. So they needed the the attention and then the... The the, ice hockey team. The women's ice hockey team. Yeah, ice hockey in general in Korea. Because they don't have any ice rinks in which they can practice, apparently. So they would get more financial assistance in the future. From the government. So you're saying it's almost like a trade-off? The ice yeah. hockey team it almost offered. Like it. it sounds like it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I hadn't heard of, yes. Yeah, they were saying either. that would be one of the benefits, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize that they had actually kind of offered to do this uh, uh, in you know, exchange There were a few it? articles that said this, but right. they disappeared okay. pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there, I mean, the prime minister famously, I think yesterday, implied that the ice hockey team was sort of fair game because they probably weren't in with a chance of meddling anyway. Yes, yes. Um, I don't think that's the official position. No, they should not be. Yeah. But the ice hockey team, it will be, Mm -hmm. um, assuming that the IOC approve everything tomorrow. And the exact number of players and stuff will be determined at the meeting in Switzerland tomorrow. Right. And this issue has really blown up on the internet. A lot of debate. Um, 
Honestly, it's, it seems to be pretty much one-sided. Would that be fair to say? Yeah. The ice hockey players, coaches, their mums, mm-hmm. and a lot of the general public don't particularly want a unified ice hockey team. I wonder why. Um, and this is sort of the first time that Korea's had a vaguely competitive women's ice hockey team. It's the first time that they've been in with a chance of, you know, achieving something. Um, and not now, a medal, though, right? They're still, not, yes. No. Right. Yeah, they're, they're a way off a medal, but they did quite well in the World Cup back mm-hmm. in um, January, I think. Or maybe it was, well, it is January now, so the end of last year. Um, and these... Guys have worked for so long towards playing in the Olympics. And now, of course, if there's a unified team, some of them aren't going to play. Right. There was that famous um, sort of interview at the airport with the coach of the ice hockey team. I think she said that she only found out about it the day before. There was no consultation with her before as well. It was just a notice. Exactly. This is going to happen. I think that outraged a lot of people as well, um, that this was just kind of thrust upon the ice hockey team with less than a month to go. And it's just kind of deal with it, right? Yeah. And I mean, she said she said it in very... very clear terms on Tuesday so just before or it might have been even been Wednesday morning but before they made the official announcement that a unified team would be damaging to Korean players mm-hmm. like it would it would literally affect their ability to play as a team in the long term i mean i don't know much about ice hockey but it is a team sport exactly obviously yes. teamwork would be very very important and bringing in these new members i don't know how long they'll have to train together obviously will it affect that and morale teamwork etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah and speaking of morale the other controversial decision that's come out of wednesday's meeting is that the two countries hope to march in the opening ceremony under the unified flag the unification flag which is that white flag with the blue um sort of image of the entire peninsula on mm-hmm. it And that is not as popular a choice as you might think. Um, Polls this week, I think uh, Realmeter did a poll. Mm -hmm. um, The Korea Herald also did their own poll. All came out uh, between 40 and 50% of people approved of it. So on both polls, more than half of the country did not approve of the idea of using the unification flag. And the reason being, of course, they want... South Korea, where the host, they want them to hold their own flags, right? Right, yeah. I mean, people, I don't think people have a problem with that flag appearing during the game. If people want to wave it, they can. But during the opening ceremony of, you know, this is Korea's big moment on the stage. Yeah, we worked hard for it over the years. Three times. You worked very hard for it. (laughs) Thank you very much. We tried three times, yes. Um, But also, I mean, this is not the first time that the unified flag has made an entrance. I remember, was it um, during the 2000? 2000, maybe Sydney Olympics or, um, uh, or 2004. There was mm-hmm. one other Olympics when they entered jointly. And that was sort of hailed as another occasion to bring the two Koreas together, blah, 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 promoting yeah. peace. So. They've done it a few times. Even mm-hmm. as recently as 2007 was the last mm-hmm. time, which was, I think, the Asian Games. Was it the Asian Games? I think it was the uh, Asian The Asian Games. Winter Games, yes. yeah, in China, they used it. There has been Olympics when they've used it. And there has also been occasions when there's been unified teams, right. not in the Olympics, but on two previous occasions. Um, in 1991, the World Table Tennis Championship, there was a unified that duo. That was very famous. There was mm-hmm. a movie made out of it. There was, there? yes. Yeah. And actually, on that note, there's a really good <laughs> chance that this, at this Pyeongchang Winter Games, those two competitors will meet again. Because the North Korean table tennis player is now one of the heads of the North Korean Paralympic Association. So wow. if the North Korea come to the Paralympics, she'll come with them and mm-hmm. they'll be able to see each other for the first time since 1991. Interesting footnote. Also in 1991, <laughs> um, at the FIFA World Youth Championship, there was a unified football team. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, I mean, I've seen this flag actually even shown during the Taekwondo World Championships last year when they, when the North Koreans sent a demonstration Taekwondo team. So we had many people in the audience waving this unified team, uh, this unified Korean flag as well. So it's definitely been shown around Korea, even in just regular domestic or international events as well. But, So I guess that's also part of this huge delegation that's coming in, right? I imagine even if we don't see the joint entry, we're going to see it very much soon. So but before we go into that, why don't we um, actually cue the robo-readers and see what the public actually had to say about it. As a parent of a child who plays ice hockey, I would like to say a few things. These kids have worked really hard since elementary school. You have no idea how much you've hurt these athletes and their parents. To have their Olympic dreams dashed. To be removed from the entry list because of a joint team after spending at least 15 years on their dream. Some countries will probably be smiling on the inside because they know that our athletes won't be able to perform as well as they could. The chemistry and coordination between players just won't be there. The Olympics should be for the athletes. No one else. You can't do this to the athletes. For some of them, this is their last chance to shine. But you didn't discuss anything with them, you just gave them a notice. This is all under the pretense of peace and unification. Does the unified team bring peace? If that were the case, table tennis should have brought the boat unification years ago. <laughs> okay, some... Um Very opinionated comments there, obviously, all against this unified team. Yeah, I mean, it has so far been a pretty one-sided debate. Um, Certainly the people that are most vocal and loudest don't think that this is the best option. Mm -hmm. And I think um, I read somewhere that the strongest opposition is actually coming from the younger generation, those in their 20s and 30s. They somehow see it as a reflection of their situation, like the kapjir, you know, when the people who are in power kind of tend to just push through with their plans to further their Yeah, because the people making the decisions are way up there, a lot older. They feel like they're not listening to them. Right, and they're just being given these notices, one-sided decisions that affect them, and they don't have a say in it. Yeah, I mean, this does very much ring true of that kind of situation. Mm -hmm. These players have done all the work towards getting in the Olympics. It's entirely their achievement, Mm -hmm. but at least sort of five of them probably aren't going to get to play. And there's also the interesting angle that hasn't really been explored yet, but There are naturalized Americans and Canadians on the women's ice hockey team, and not to mention the fact that the head coach is American. And, you know, those are two countries that have a lot of tension with North Korea. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not really sure how that dynamic is going to play out. Right. I think the head coach is actually from Canada. Is but, she Canadian? Um, yes. Okay. Uh, easy. Not easy to mix up the two, but um, I actually also wanted to point out on um, the second RoboCop comment, RoboReader comment, um, how some of the countries will be smiling on the inside because they know that their teamwork will be affected. But did you see also the comment, um, I think it was from the Swiss women's ice hockey team who will be actually playing against the South Korean, or they were supposed to play against South Korea. And they actually came out criticizing this decision. They're saying it's not fair. that South Korea will be, or that team will have more players. So they weren't actually positive about this 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 decision as well. This depends what the IOC decide tomorrow, really. So if we go back to the table tennis example, the most famous unified Mm -hmm. team, when that happened, the 
whatever the international table tennis governing body is, allowed the team to have more players so that no one was left behind. Mm -hmm. So if the IOC make that call, if they say you can have the whole South Korean squad plus the North Koreans and just substitute more, then obviously Korea has an advantage Mm -hmm. because they have more players. I don't think there's been a suggestion yet that that's definitely what's going to happen. It yeah, seems it more just likely looks that like people are just going to be pulled out yeah. and not be able to that's enter. That's even more the, unfair to the, the South the Korean ring, yeah. team then, no? It is. And, I mean, the team plan isn't being revealed because you don't know the dynamic. And, you know, these other um, people have been, you know, uh, analyzing mm-hmm. South Korean hockey team's um, gameplay. Right. But that's going to be dashed mm-hmm. if the North Korean players are entered into the, into mm-hmm. the plan. What about the argument? There have been some people who mentioned, you know, because the South Korean ice hockey, women's ice hockey team um, are not probably for medal contention, all this extra attention brought on by this issue will, in the long term, be beneficial for them. More sponsorships, more attention, more popularity. So, you know, it's a short-term setback, but in the long term, it's good for the sport. But, I mean, in order to reach that position, you have to separate the team from the players. It might be good for South Korean ice hockey, but it is definitely not good for the current South Korean ice hockey team. Mm -hmm. That too, and what if they're not remembered after a while? (laughs) After the Pyeongchang Olympics are gone and it's it's done. Well, hopefully, um, or... We don't know one for sure, but public opinion may affect the IOC meeting. But we're going to come back with this. Diving Korea will be right back after this. Welcome back to part two of Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 and in Seoul and its surrounding areas. I'm Na Seung-yeon. You can stream Koreascape anytime, anywhere in the world using your mobile device. You can download the TBS application from the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also tune in to the Koreascape podcast using sites like Patbang, iTunes and audio clip from Naver. We also have a YouTube live streaming channel you can check out. Just search for TBS EFM. So the question of the week, we've got less than a month to go to the 2018 Pyeongchang Winter Olympic Games. And the question is, how are you going to enjoy the Winter Games? At home, in person, at the Games, which sport do you plan to watch? Text us your answers to pound 101.3. It'll cost you 51 per text. Or message us for free on Facebook or Twitter at Koreascape and the TBS EFM app. We'll take your answers and select a few to receive our mobile coffee gift icons. You can text us in English or Korean. And I'm going to read out a message that we received from 1151. The person wrote, I'm going to watch the Olympics at home with my family, but I'm happy that I don't have to wake up late or get up early because of the time difference. I'm interested in figure skating because who is going to fill Kim Yuna's empty spot? Thanks for your comment. I'm not sure anyone can fill the huge spot left vacant by Kim Yuna. Yeah, she's like once in a century type of you know figure. Like really? you know, yes, yes. no one's going to come out like her. But I do think there's um, Kim Yuna kids who are out there who are um, coming out with um, you know good athletes as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see that. But actually, before that, let's get a quick word from our sponsors, G-Market, OJC Company, Hyundai Marine and Fire Insurance, and Hyundai Motor Company. And Dive in Korea is back. What other news stories do you have for us today?
Well, if you mm-hmm. go outside today and uh-huh. breathe in the fresh air here in Seoul, <laughs> you'll know what our next story is the about. The relatively fresh air. Oh, yeah. it was nice to see the sun again, too. Yeah, I think today the, the fine dust levels are mm-hmm. pretty normal, yep. which, is, which is a big contrast to yesterday, really? which, which we had fine dust and yellow dust yesterday, apparently. And the day before, it was disgusting. Yeah, well. it was disgusting. Today, it's a little bit cleaner the air, but um, earlier this week, what did we have? Free public transportation here in Seoul. Yes. Got everyone hyped up. You took advantage of that? I Joanne? did not. Because I actually live in Gyeonggi province, which is on the outskirts of Seoul. Uh, and apparently we are not involved in this fine dust reduction system. You're as fine. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Here in Seoul, we've got problems. <laughs> no, no, we, we have it just as bad over there. But I mean, if I want to take advantage of the system that they implemented, mm-hmm. I have to transfer buses or subways Seoul, right? halfway. I heard that caused a little bit of confusion. Yeah, people it coming did. into Seoul. Yeah. It did, yeah. So, I mean, this fine dust reduction system, or the Bisebonji Chogamjochi in Korean, it's been around since February of last year. So, what happens is um, city, city government officials are not allowed to take their cars in to work. Mm-hmm. Um, people with either odd numbered or even numbered um, register plates, depending on the day, they're not allowed to take their cars in. Well, they're, they're encouraged not to. We right? encourage not to, the but public. if you have like a sticker or something mm-hmm. and you try to go into a public um, government building, Apparently, they, they can stop you okay. and say, oh, you're registered for this. You shouldn't be right. driving today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, lots of things to try to stop people from taking their cars out and, you know, pumping all that exhaust fumes into the air. Did it work? Yes, that's uh, the question. Did it work? Well, data shows that there was a massive 2% on average decrease in cars on any particular day over the three days that this was implemented. I have to say, as a driver, and yes, I, I really wanted to take part in this alternate sort of driving thing, but um, I, I actually noticed more cars on the road. Um, you said there was a 2% less Yeah, 2% fewer cars. I think on the first day, it was about 1.7%, then no, 1.8%, then it was 1.7%, and then it increased to about 2.36% on Mm -hmm. the third day it was implemented. But, you know, that's that's a very small percentage. uh (laughs) It is a small percentage, but it's probably still a lot of cars. Like, it's not much of an impact, but it is still a lot of vehicles that weren't on the road. But I wonder how much of a fluctuation there is on a normal week anyway we exactly. we don't know the especially when it's when the weather is bad and when yeah. there's rain or people will take out their cars or when it's colder than usual as well it is colder than usual mm-hmm. so i think a lot of people were actually um trying to take their cars um uh, people with kids if they have um kids who go to like daycare centers in government or in buildings then even on days like this they're like okay where exempt from this. Mm-hmm. We have kids that we need to transport to daycare. Okay. We can take our cars. So obviously the city government was trying to encourage people to take public transportation. So they offered free public transportation. Um, Joanne, you said you didn't I didn't take advantage. What about you, Jim? I definitely benefit. I live in the centre of Seoul, (laughs) work in the centre of Seoul. been bragging about it. Yeah, I had a great time. (laughs) Just crisscrossing all over Seoul using the... Yeah, uh went twice as far as I normally would. No, I didn't. I I took my normal commute. (laughs) Was it more crowded? Not noticeably, but I travel pretty early in the morning, um, so it's normally pretty empty anyway. Mm-hmm. I didn't really notice an increase um, 
in no i don't think it was more crowded i noticed more people taking the subway but that like the you know like sort of eight between eight and nine the real heavy rush hour time it may mm-hmm. well have been i'm at work by then well like joanne said it was about maybe two percent reduction of regular traffic so i imagine that two percent went into public transportation but it did was it worth it it cost the seoul city government about 4.8 billion won or 4.5 million dollars per day per day per so day to do this meet out All this free public transportation <laughs> for a, a 2% decrease. That's a lot yes, of money. Yes, it is. While we do the calculations for three days of that measure, why don't we cue the robo-readers first? Seoul City is burning $5 billion every day on free public transportation to reduce air pollution since this week. This is going to be the most stupid way to burn tax money since the Four Rivers Project. Artificial rain isn't good for us either. It'll seep into our soils and get into our waterways and they'll be full of heavy metals. That will then enter our bodies. They need to solve the fundamental problem of air pollution. Please wear masks. The government says it will work with China to try and find a solution to air pollution, but it will take time. I hope they allocate a larger budget to reducing air pollution and also consider using artificial rain. What are you trying to get from these new regulations and policies? Fine dust levels are already high during the early morning hours when there are hardly any cars. You make me pay taxes for a car I can't even drive every day. This doesn't make any sense. We've been forced to move out of Seoul because of crazy high housing prices but we send our children to a school in the capital for the sake of their future. But you expect us to travel that distance on public transport? It will take us three hours, get to the bottom of the problem, stop forcing citizens to sacrifice their money and their time. So once again, our robo-readers read some comments which seem less than complimentary of the city's measures or its effectiveness. It seems like people just don't, like these feel like temporary measures. Oh, the pollution's bad Mm -hmm. today, let's not drive cars today. People are looking for a far more long-term solution. Right. And it's not even that. I mean, they, they're basing this system on a forecast. So once they implement that system, mm-hmm. it takes effect on the next day from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. That's what happened, I think, on the first day, right? Because they were <laughs> right. forecasting really bad. It wasn't as and bad. And it wasn't so bad in the morning. And <laughs> yeah. yet they had the, the free public yeah. transportation, which costs a lot. I mean, I'm sure they can find a way of using that money for maybe more sort of long-term measures. I know, I think a lot of comments were saying, you know, you could have used that taxpayer's money to help people in need, Mm -hmm. not people who can actually afford to pay public transport. So what do you think prompted the government to do this? I mean, I read some, um, you had some articles here that the Environment Ministry actually knew this wouldn't be very effective. I mean, obviously, before they implement some kind of policy or come up with new laws, I mean, they have lots and lots of reports. And I mean, some articles do claim, we don't know if this is true or not, Mm -hmm. that the Environment Environment Ministry, they said that this wouldn't be very effective. They, they were like, you know, we'd see maybe a decrease in 1% of traffic on any given day. And you know, it looks like they were pretty they were spot pretty, on with yeah. their predictions. So why did they go through with this? What do you think? Well, I think as a government, you have a choice of how to spend money. You go one of two directions. Either you invest in some sort of research or technological advancement that is going to take years before there's any sort of tactile resolution that you can show people, or you try and invest in an immediate measure mm-hmm. that has a very immediate impact. 
Um, and you kind of, I think governments have to hedge their bets between the two, right? Because you can't only invest in future stuff and have no one, no nothing to show the public that you've been doing. So I think this just kind of was one of those incidents where they went the other direction. Hmm. Perhaps um, they should really maybe think about putting more of that money into long-term solutions and benefits for people who voluntarily leave their cars at home or take part in this alternate driving system as well. If you add a carrot instead of sort of, you know, (laughs) taxing them or fining them, that might be more beneficial. But um, let's now move on to our third topic. And that's a very... Yes, I think there are two things that you should not touch here in Korea. (laughs) And that's college entrance exams Mm -hmm. or whatever, college admission, and the military. The military. Yeah, the military. And if you ever try to... Weave your way out of you know serving mandatory military service. Look out, you're going to wow, be yeah. <laughs> especially if you want to go into public service. Exactly, yeah. kicked out of the country. Anyway, earlier this week there was all this hype that the the military mandatory military service mm-hmm. period would be reduced by three months. Obviously. everyone's in on this. I mean, you have a family member who's in the military, mm-hmm. you have maybe a boyfriend, you have a kid who's going to be in the military. So the current term is 21 months. 21 months. So they're proposing, or there was a headline saying it would be reduced to 18 months. Yeah, by the year 2020. Mm-hmm. But there were some deliberately misleading headlines out there. So they, they sort of You know, left out the 2020 and oh. they, they sort of said that it would be reduced by three months and that was about it. Um, but the original report, they did say that these were the plans that the government was looking into. So misleading. So people got excited. They thought it would be implemented right away, you mean? Yeah, okay. right away. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they said that the, the government's plan was to implement it starting in um, July of this year. Oh. July of this year. And it affects people who entered the military in Um, uh, October of 2016. So they would be um, discharged from the military from July this year. So they get a reduction of maybe like one day or something. Because oh <laughs> this plan would be implemented over the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, a day every two weeks would be reduced. Okay. So after the initial confusion, um, obviously people took a closer look at the government's plan. So what is the government's plan? The government's plan, like I said, would be a reduction of like a day per two weeks. Um, they were also looking to, redu- uh, to increase the pay, the monthly pay mm-hmm. that these soldiers get as well. But um, is, this, is this confirmed? Like, is this definitely happening or is this still just a kind of, we might do this? Uh, well, the government said, yeah, we're doing it. But the, the, the military, they said, they came out days later and they said, well, no, actually, we're still talking about it. Right. I think the government said nothing's been confirmed, nothing's set. They're going to make an announcement maybe in March or mm-hmm. so. So definitely nothing's set. Well, this was a campaign pledge, right? Back it was. One of the March. 100 campaign pledges, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. But... Eight, okay, I mean, there has been always a lot of debate about the length of the mandatory military service. Even 21 months, that has come way down from, I think it was like 36 months, 36 long time months. ago. I think in the 1960s and 70s, it was 36 months. Yeah. Right. So there's been some talk about whether even 21 months or 18 months is too long. But before we go into that, why don't we listen to some street interviews and see what people on the street had to say. Here's our reporter, Kang Jae-eun. Here's what people have to say about the government's plan to decrease compulsory military service period. Mm-hmm. 
아니라고 생각하거든요. Young people have a lot to do in our society, and I think it is kind of a waste of their youth to be just stuck in the military for a long period of time. In honesty, from my experience in the military, I think soldiers are involved in more manual labor, like cleaning and shoveling, than actual military training. If the military comes up with more systematic training plans and let the soldiers only focus on their training, I think a year and six months is just the right amount of time. 정말 군사훈련에만 집중할 수 있도록 계획을 짠다고 하면은 1년 6개월이면 충분하다고 생각합니다. 저도 아이들을 군대 보내봤지만은 글쎄 부모 입장에서는 단축되면 좋죠 좋은데 As a mother who've already had my two sons drafted to the military, it's great to hear that the government is decreasing the military service period. But on another note, I feel that the current 21 months is also kind of short, considering the time soldiers need to be trained and to adapt to the new environment. 훈련 받고 적응하는 기간이 긴 시간은 아닌 것 같아요. 3개월 축소가 젊은 그 군인들의 입장에서는 준비할 수 있는 또 시간도 되고 For young people, three months of time is long enough to prepare for their future. And I don't think this will weaken our military power because the modern war is more about a country's weapon technology and good strategy planning, so the number of soldiers should not be the main concern. Rather, the military should focus on strengthening other combat powers. 이라든지 그런 체제가 더 중요하기 때문에 군복무 3개월 축소에 대해서는 찬성합니다. 북한이랑도 그렇게 많이 충돌이 지금은 완화된 상태라고 생각하고 Currently, tensions have been lowered between the North and the South and also we have the US troops stationed in our country so it's unnecessary to make young people serve in the military for a long period of time. 있기 때문에 더 이상은 좀긴 시간 동안 하려 So from the four clips that we heard, it seemed like the majority were in favor of reducing the military period to 18 months instead of the current 21. Mm -hmm. But experts who disagree, they Mm -hmm. say that if we do that, if we reduce the service period by three months, we'll lose a total of 10,000 active duty soldiers per month. Um, And that's a lot of soldiers. We are technically still at war. I also um, remember hearing one expert saying, you know, just as, you know, they've trained these soldiers enough, they now know how to handle their weapons and deal with these volatile situations. And then they'll be discharged. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always surprised when we do these stories that... You know, what seems like just a few months to us, it seems like a very small amount, has a huge impact to the number of active troops there are. Like, just taking a month off has it means a huge number less soldiers. Mm-hmm. I think it's quite difficult for, you know, an individual that isn't a military analyst to really see that bigger picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we haven't gone to the military, obviously, but I mean, hearing stuff from people who have, this is an ongoing thing. Even, if they're, even after they're discharged, they have to continue going every single year or every single month to get... Yeah. A little bit of training, sort right. of like, you know, rehash on all the skills mm-hmm. and whatever until like, what, they're 40 or something? So I'm just wondering, to the people you have talked to who have served their military service already, are they in favor of also reducing it as well? Or is it just the people who haven't gone yet? I, they, they are in favor. They say yeah. it is far too long for people who are in their early 20s, usually, mm-hmm. um, to, to waste like, what, two years of their life? 
Um, because it's their life. I mean, they are serving the country, but they're saying, you know, this is this isn't necessary. We shouldn't be doing yeah. this. I mean, I have family members and friends who are still kind of they came out of the military two, three years ago, but they're still trying to get their life back on track right. from how disruptive that period is. But again, timing can be everything. Um, yeah. Our last clip, she said that currently the tensions are lowered between the North and South Korea, but that's that we're talking about a matter I beg of days. Very, I beg- very currently. <laughs> I think most people. Would Would probably have a different view of this. So even if most people agree in theory that maybe 21 months is excessive and can be reduced, is this the right time to really do that now? A good time to show the people that we're trying, we're, we're you know, making good on our pledges here, maybe. It's very difficult to put also, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about putting a two-year schedule on this. We'll mm-hmm. reduce the, the military service by a day every two weeks for the next two yeah. years. <laughs> There's no way to predict what the situation is going to be in two years. We know from years of experience, there's no way to predict what the situation is going to be in two days. Mm -hmm. So it's really difficult to make a decision there that has a huge number of troops impact over such a short period. I mean, maybe now is the right time because, I mean, looking at the timeline for, you know, the service periods, uh, every six to ten years or so, they have reduced the mandatory military service period. So, I mean, it is about time we sort of did something and overhauled the military system. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know. You know, I just wanted to bring one maybe other aspect to this. I know a lot of guys, actually, who took that time in the military to think about what they wanted to do. You know, like a lot of <laughs> university students are actually taking sort of leap years or gap years. So they took the time to reevaluate what they're studying. And he actually decided on a different career after this. And so obviously, that's not Use the, the time point of the military service, but it can be used productively mm-hmm. as well. So we'll just have to see what they make with this decision coming in March. But uh, moving on to our sort of last mini topic of the day, it's historical, isn't it? It is historical, and it's a little bit of exciting news. Um, Culturally, I guess, Mm -hmm. I mean, the Gwangmyeongmun Gate in Toksugung Palace is being moved back to its original location after 80 years. Right. So if you've ever been to Toksugung, it was located sort of once you made your way through the main entrance and you kind of just... went straight towards almost the end of that straight path. It was on your left-hand side, right? That yeah, so it was sort of like located apparently in the southwest corner mm-hmm. of t o k s u g u n Palace. Right. But where it was originally was it was towards the south. And it was a very significant position because it was located sort of south right in front of the sleeping quarters of King Kojong. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was called the Hamnyeongjeon Hall. So this, I mean, we have this energy thing. We have the whole building. building structure thing. It's a very important thing. And to move that without permission from from anyone here. I think the Japanese moved it back in 1938 because mm-hmm. they wanted to make room for their art museum. Uh-huh. Mm. So, I mean, this is a very significant thing here in Korean culture to have it moved back to its original location where, I mean, it can get all the, the good energy that it was, used to get. I wonder why it took it so long, though. Oh, we have, we have no idea about that. <laughs> But, But, you know, better late than never, I guess. What's, isn't it, it's currently used as like a little museum space in itself, right? Oh, it shouldn't be because it's lost its you know, original purpose to serve as a gate, I guess. But yeah, you're right. It's sort of used as an outdoor exhibit because it houses, I guess, mm-hmm. houses like the... Covers. I get the covers, the bronze bell, which is a treasure here at the, I don't know what, treasure 146 or uh, 
1460. Yeah. For yeah. those keeping score at home, it's <laughs> treasure 1460. And it also houses national treasure, national treasure number 229, which is the water clock invented by Chang Yongshi, which is the Chang Yonglu. This is very, very significant. Right. So, I mean, you always make a visit to the Gwangmyeongmun, um, especially if you're a tourist or if you're a student, you will always come by this area. But for it not to be in its original position, that was actually... Um, I didn't know that it wasn't, that wasn't the original position. Yeah, because it was moved 80 years ago. <laughs> no one really talked about it until now. So it will now be going back to being used as a gate, Do we not know? as a bell house. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they try, okay. they're trying to re- remove the, the artifacts from that, the treasures from that, and sort of restore and clean that up as well because it's gone a little bit rusty being exposed to all the elements and stuff like that. Um, and, and this gate, it's, it's a very nice gate, as you can see on the mm-hmm. screen up there. It's got like four, um, it's divided into four. sections and the gate it's it's got um what's called a hip and gable roof <laughs> hip and gable roof it's an east asian structure of so, course <laughs> so you've yes. got slanted roofs and like sort of like panels on each side and then it's got like double eaves as well so like, there's two parts to the ends of the roof which is a very typical um east asian structure i think uh, when it housed or it covered those treasures covered, most, yeah. yes most people just really <laughs> Concentrate on those treasures, but yeah, now, yes, now the focus will be put back on the gate. On the gate. Yeah. Do we know when it's being moved? Well, they they um, want to finish the the restoration by the end of this year. That's mm-hmm. their plan, but we don't know about. That's that. a fast turnaround for a restoration project. Normally, yeah. these things are decades long. That's why people are saying, please do it properly. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't do a really quick thing of it and mm-hmm. make it crack everywhere. Right. I think that's what happens to some of None, the other yes, historical yes. Res- yeah restorations. Do so. we know what's happening to the treasures? Um, like we said, they're being cleaned a little bit. We we, we don't know where exactly they're going to be put. But they're going to be removed from the gate. Yes. And I imagine public response to these plans is overwhelmingly oh, favorable. Yeah, well. yeah, it is pretty positive. But like I said, a little, a little bit skeptical of how good they're going to be doing um, on this restoration thing. Mm-hmm. But it, culturally, like I said, it's a really significant move. So, yeah, people right. are pretty positive about it. Yeah. So, Toksugung Palace, always a favorite sort of spot for locals and tourists. And another reason to visit, I guess, in the near future, you'll see Gwangmyeongmun restored to its original place and hopefully restored to its former glory as well, mm-hmm. yeah, taking more of the highlight and importance as well. Well, thanks a lot, Jim and Joanne. Always a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, and I'll see you next week.